Welcome to Grace for the Tryhard, a place where we tryhards can be reminded of the grace we've been given and be empowered to walk in it every day. Do you ever feel like no matter how hard you try, you aren't good enough? Have you struggled with shame and want to experience more freedom in your walk with Christ? Do you feel inspired and empowered when you hear other people's stories of transformation and healing? If your answer is yes to any of those questions, I'm right there with you. Being empowered to live and work out of grace is possible, and here we are learning how to do that together. No need to show up polished, poised, or perfect. Come as you are and join us as we experience God's grace together. for the tryhard. I'm so glad you are listening. It is fall. Um, I think a lot of people are in the fall mode right now and I am one of them. I enjoy when things get a little cooler out and you can wear sweaters and just like the crisp air. I love opening the windows even though um, my husband just he's one of those guys that goes straight from air conditioning to heat (laughs) instead of that like you know period where you turn the air conditioning off and then you just open the windows. He's not super into that. So I, I try to soak in as much of that as I can when I can, but yeah, it's fall and I hope you're enjoying um, it so far. Before we get into today's episode, I kind of just wanted to share a little bit about what God has been showing me lately. Um, So one of the most exciting things I think about following Jesus is that our faith is constantly evolving, constantly growing, and God is meeting us where we are and transforming us day by day if we are open to letting him transform us. And it can be challenging, it can be painful, but it's also really, really um, hopeful when you see that change and you see the purpose in, in the struggle. So I just finished one year at my my new job. It's not super new anymore, but um, this year of being at this job was very challenging for a lot of reasons. Some of those being, A, I was just changing a career, which can be scary and um, vulnerable, doing something that you haven't done before. Um, I lost support system from the ministry I worked in. So the ministry I was in before I got this job was literally like a family to me. So now I wasn't going to be seeing these people who were basically my my family in Bloomington regularly. And so that was a, a challenge. Um, there were some things that were going on in me and my husband's family that also was very challenging. And difficult and painful and it even put pressure on our marriage which was hard um i had like physical issues with my body i had emotional stress from work and dealing with difficult and unpredictable co-workers so it was just like writing it all out i'm like wow that was a lot <laughs> and while i'm pretty resilient this year broke me down like never before. There were moments where I, I lost hope. I lost hope. I lost joy. I felt like I was living in a fog and had no certainty or control of the future. I struggled to feel connected to God. Um, that was a challenge. And I think that happens a lot for me when I'm in a, like when the circumstances aren't easy or or fun. Um, I also tend to struggle to feel God's presence. So um, I got to the place where I would just drive to work and say, God, I can't do it. I just can't do it. (laughs) I want to love my coworkers. I want to love my spouse. I want to love and praise you and connect with you, you being God, but I'm just so empty. And so I need you to show up for me and work through my weakness. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, it says, Therefore, and this is Paul talking, Paul, the disciple. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, 
Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. This has been a verse that I've thought about for many years, and it's always been a hard verse for me as a tryhard, <laughs> especially when God says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. He doesn't say, okay, I'm going to change your circumstance or you need to be strong for me. He says, my grace is sufficient. My grace is all that you need for my power is made perfect in weakness. This was the year that this verse became real to me. I believed it in my head. Oh yeah, I can be weak and God can use me. But this was the year where I actually like lived it out because I had no energy in myself to be strong. Since I started following Jesus, I have wrestled with what is my job and what is God's job. Like when it comes to building his kingdom on this earth, how much is it my responsibility and how much is it his responsibility? If I don't do anything, is he still going to work? And to be completely honest, I haven't really believed that. <laughs> I thought, no, I need to do something. But also like just the compassion in my heart and my deep empathy for people. I hate seeing people in pain. So when I don't see God acting in the way that I think he should, I think, okay, I need to do something. Um, and sometimes I should do something, but a lot of the times it's me trusting in myself. That's just a little background about me. Um, and so this year when all those things were happening and I was just so empty, I had no energy to do the things or to be a good Christian or to love my coworkers. It was probably the first time in my life that I, I felt like I had no strength to try, <laughs> which is like so uncomfortable as a try hard because I find comfort in my trying and my striving in my doing. And so when that energy was taken away and I couldn't do that anymore, it was like, okay, who am I? Does God still love me? Is he still going to move? Is he still going to transform lives? The questions I was asking through this time is, will God's power actually be made perfect in weakness? Will he really show up when I have nothing to bring? Before this year, there was a big part of me that didn't think so. As much as I said I trusted God or said he is in control, I didn't actually believe it. I didn't think God could use me when I wasn't trying. I didn't think he could show his love through me if I wasn't trying. So through this challenging year of being emptied of all energy to strive, to try, to be God for others, <laughs> I learned a lot. It wasn't immediate. This was a process. And there were a lot of days where I just felt like I don't see any of the fruit. And that, that tempted me to believe that I had to work for God to move. But... You know, I didn't have energy, so I couldn't make a change. So I just was like, okay, God, I'm choosing to trust you, even though I'm not seeing the results yet. But now it's been a year and I'm just reflecting on different moments where I've seen him show up and it's truly amazed me. <laughs> One of my coworkers told me that by me becoming um, friends with him and like encouraging him, in his work, he said, you've given me new life and it has really helped me to keep going and to take action to make things happen. Another coworker that I worked with that I had some conflict with and decided to engage with her um, instead of avoid her or be bitter towards her, um, I met with her and talked with her and it was, it was hard. But at the end, she said, you know, you coming to make it right makes me want to work with you more. And it just seemed like she had never or hadn't really experienced much of that in this job yet. So there were just a lot of different things that I felt very inadequate in. and But God really did use. <laughs> he used me in my weakness to glorify him, to shine his light in my workplace. 
and to give me joy. Like I really have joy again. And it's actually like exciting for me to follow Jesus. (laughs) And it hasn't felt exciting for a while because of that heavy burden of striving that I've been putting on myself. And now it's like literally I drive to work. I'm in awe of the beauty of creation. And sometimes I'll talk to God and I'll just be like, let's see what you're going to do today. And it just makes life so much more enjoyable when I don't have to be in control, when I don't have to like put that heavy weight on myself, when I'm like, no, Jesus is with me and I don't have to do everything right and I can just be (laughs) and love and, and trust him. And, um, so I haven't figured it all out, but I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful that he is faithful even when I have nothing to bring and his love stays the same even when I am empty or sad or angry or I'm thinking all the wrong things. He is faithful. And it's really just revealed a new layer of understanding in the unconditional love of God. So that was kind of a lot. I could probably do a whole episode on this, but it's been on my heart. I wanted to share it. And I just want to encourage you, if you're feeling empty, if you're feeling like you have nothing to bring, this may actually be the best place for you. And I would just encourage you to lay down and tell God, hey, Lord, I have nothing to bring to you. I pray that you would fill me and show me who you are and show how your power is made perfect in weakness. But now, let's talk about today's episode. <laughs> a little bit of a hard transition, but, you know, that's that's how I do it sometimes. So today, um, I am going to be talking to one of my best, best, best friends, Stephanie Pomeranke. We've been friends now for seven years, which is crazy. We've been in each other's weddings. We've seen each other before marriage and college, before um, Stephanie had kids. I don't have kids. And now after, Stephanie has um, a daughter. And so we've just seen a lot, a lot of each other. Um, I can't even begin to explain what she's meant to me. She's one of the few people in my life that God has used to strengthen my understanding of his unconditional love because I can really just let myself be with Steph and I never feel judged. I never feel condemned or weird or just shamed. <laughs> and by being her friend, I I see God a little bit more clearly and believe his grace more. So that's been a huge, huge thing in our friendship that I'm thankful for. We also just have a lot of fun together. <laughs> we're both Enneagram threes. We're both deep feelers. We're both tryhards. So we're very similar, which is probably why we became friends. And I just, I love her so much. <laughs> so on this episode, we're going to be talking about what God has taught Steph through motherhood. Um, but if you aren't a mom, I believe you will still get a lot out of this episode. We're going to focus a lot more on the heart issues and the growth through the season that Steph is in versus like practical things that only moms would understand. Yeah, before we jump in, I just want to give a small disclaimer. Steph and I love bubble tea. <laughs> And we may or may not be drinking bubble tea while recording this conversation because every time we see each other, we have to get bubble tea. And if you don't already know, I am an amateur podcaster. (laughs) I am not a professional. I'm still learning about the science of audio. So I did not think picking up and putting my drink down next to my microphone was going to make a little like noise, but it did. And so you may notice that throughout the episode every once in a while. Thank you for your grace as you listen to this podcast and that you're not expecting perfection, but rather I hope you're just here to hear my heart, to hear my friends' hearts, and that the content will be worth some of the audio struggles. But I am learning, and now moving forward, I'm not going to be putting my drink down next to the microphone when I record. So anyway, Let's get into the conversation. I know you're going to enjoy it. Without further ado, let's get into it. Today, we are here with one of my closest friends, 
Stephanie Pomeranke, who I've talked about on the podcast before. I can't remember which episode it was, but I've definitely talked about... I've definitely said your name. You've mm-hmm. listened to all the episodes, mm-hmm. so... Do you remember? I don't remember which one it was. Okay. Off the top of my head. Well, she is a very instrumental person <laughs> in this podcast, because she's been the one who has helped me do it. <laughs> she's been the one who, when I said, hey, I have this idea, who said, yeah, that's a great idea, you should do it. And then when I call you to, you know, talk, you're like, so how's the podcast going? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I gotta really do this now. <laughs> so, whoever's listening, you have Stephanie to thank that we've gotten this Your far. Your accountability partner. Seriously. <laughs> huge, huge. And so I'm really glad that you wanted to talk to me. I know this has been a journey of getting you on board. So, another thing you guys should know is that Stephanie and I are very similar. Mm-hmm. We're both tryhards. <laughs> That's how... I feel like we connected back Mm -hmm. in college, and um, so honestly, when I talk to you about the podcast, I feel like it's so easy to talk to you, because you just get it. You Mm -hmm. just get that struggle of, like, performance and trying so hard to be loved or to get Mm -hmm. acceptance, and so today we're going to talk about um, mainly motherhood, but we're also going to connect that to grace and being a tryhard, and um, it's going to be a good conversation, so... (laughs) Steph, do you want to just talk about being a mom and how old your daughter is and just what life has been like for the past year and a half? Okay. Um, Yeah, so I have one daughter and she's 19 months now. That's a year and a half for anyone who doesn't have kids. So they're like... (laughs) Uh, what does months mean? Exactly. Um, and her name Me. is Sienna, and she's awesome. She's thriving. She is, yeah, we're currently in the throes of potty training. So that's been my life this whole week mm. is just uh, cleaning up lots of messes. Tell them where you've been this week. I'm stuck in my house in one room of my kitchen, just sitting on the hardwood floor. <laughs> I just blocked off the rest of the house so she couldn't potty on anything else in the house. And yeah, it's been pr- basically a dungeon. <laughs> so yeah, that's been my life for the last week. So I just, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I just spend 24-7 with her basically. Mm-hmm. So it's a big part of my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she's, you said 19 months? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not good with the month yet, yeah exactly I just know she's more than one and less than two right so in um but yeah so do you remember what it was like I'm, I'm thinking like bc like before kids bs oh bk, BK. oh not bs but like before sienna is what i was oh yeah BS. before sienna and after sienna like i guess your priorities your focuses uh yeah do you even remember that, or have you been so... You're, this has just been your life for a year and a half that, like, you can't even remember what life was like before you had kids? Um, I mean, going back to, like, let's say college, it's like, you don't... Like, I didn't even know, like, am I going to get married? Am I going to be able to have kids? You know, mm. those are things I wanted, but, like, you don't know for sure. You don't know what your life is going to look like. And so, like, you know, I definitely had... Um, I feel like I was more ambitious Mm -hmm. in a way Um, and just like I wanted to do big things. Mm. I wanted to do big things for Jesus Mm. (laughs) and I really, I mean, I I wanted to help people Mm -hmm. but I, I was really focused on getting a job or um, you know, doing something with my life that was very meaningful mm-hmm. and in helping people and, and making a difference in the world. And then, um, you know, after we got married and after, um, you know, when we were kind of getting in the throes of wanting to have kids, I, um, I just was very ready to have mm. kids, like probably like a year or a year and a half before we even had kids. And mm. I was just like, that was really what I was focused on. And mm. it was so weird to me because like, like I, like 
I was like, why don't I have passions anymore? Why don't I have ambitions? Like, why don't I? I've always been someone who wants to do everything, who wants to do this, 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 this. And I was just like, I have no passions. All I want is just to be a mom and just to be the best mom that I can be. And it's been so weird. And that's actually stuck for the last two or three years of just like, I don't have any, any job ambitions or, you know, really any big goals that I want to do. I just really want to be the best mom so like before like I my purpose was like I wanted to impact people right Mm -hmm. like I wanted to make a difference in the world and like now like my heart is really just like pretty much the only thing I care about right now like doing in the world is making impact on my children Mm -hmm. and and my husband you know Mm -hmm. like like they're the most important thing to me and like that is so meaningful to me that like I just want to like I'm like emotionally talking about it because I'm just so passionate about it of just like I just want to leave behind a legacy of where you know she knows Jesus and she feels so loved and safe and she knows that this is like a safe place and that um that she just grows into being a confident you know loved woman who knows the Lord and that that's just like a legacy that she can pass on too so like that's just my focus now instead of like other things that's so beautiful honestly and um inspiring for me like so just so you guys know me and stephanie became friends our senior year of college which was a few years ago (laughs) (laughs) we're getting closer to 30 but yeah so that's when we became friends and she got married soon after that like because you a year after that yeah basically right yeah because you guys got married the summer after college yep um, and I was in her wedding, and I remember she gave everyone a card at her, like, in a bridal party. And she gave me a card that I still have today, but saying, like, we haven't been friends the longest, but I know we're going to be friends for a long time. And that's why I chose you to be in my wedding. <laughs> and I was like, wow. <laughs> I feel like you've told me you were, like, shocked that I asked you. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, oh, is that embarrassing that I, like, asked you and you were like, Wait, why is she asking me to be in her wedding? She must not have any friends. No, I just, I was so glad. And I tend to just not think people like me as much as they do. Mm. Um, So yeah, it meant a lot to me because I felt, again, like it's kind of like the whole who's going to make the first move, who's going to like say, yeah, oh, this, this relationship means a lot to me. Yeah. And so yeah, I was, yeah. And I knew you had a lot of great friends in um, the ministry we were in and stuff. So, like, anyway. So, yeah. So, that's how we, you know, became friends. And after that, I just feel like it was like, okay, we're best friends. Mm -hmm. Like, this is going to be a long friendship. And Mm -hmm. she actually went overseas for a year. Mm -hmm. So, like, we were, like, long-distance friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then came back to Indiana. And we don't live in the same city, but we visit each other, like, all the time <laughs> and, and talk get our bubble phone, tea and get our bubble tea oh okay so <laughs> we'll come back to bubble tea I wanted to talk about bubble tea on this episode but so anyways yeah so that's kind of been the journey of our friendship and like I said earlier we're very similar and just struggle with striving and um, feeling insecure in our identity and like confident because we get a lot of our or have gotten a lot of our confidence in other people's like approval of us Mm -hmm. and we can't control that so like when we're not getting that approval it's Mm -hmm. like shoot I suck as a human being or Mm -hmm. I'm worthless you know and so I'm just seeing you like being this super ambitious girl you know 21 22 getting out of college and like I want to do big things Mm -hmm. and it's just cool to see like how God has brought you to the place of like being okay with not needing to do those big things Mm -hmm. and know that this is super meaningful what you're doing Mm -hmm. like what you're doing it's not like you've given up that drive and that passion like Mm -hmm. you are passionate it's just about being a mom right now and Mm -hmm. putting all of that energy and love into your beautiful girl you know Mm -hmm. and like you said too like this is even more it's bigger than sienna Mm -hmm. like yes she's gonna benefit so much because she's gonna grow up and be confident and secure but then that just gives her the capacity to pour out love on others so much more Mm -hmm. than someone who hasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, So just wanted to like reiterate that. And I'm glad that you just kind of opened up and like expressed just kind of that journey um, and where you're at. Um, So bubble tea. Um, (laughs) A brief intermission. Hard hard transition. Hard transition. So, um, Uh. So another thing that me and Steph have bonded over is bubble tea. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. So if you don't know what bubble tea is, it is actually Taiwanese, but they have it in, I think, China. Is it? And yeah, I knew that. I didn't know that. My, I haven't done my history of bubble tea. Oh, research. the only reason I know it is because my oh, neighbor. I can't drink it. No, go ahead. I'll talk, and then you could like chew it silently. Um, so yeah, before this, we we were like, shoot, we can't drink our bubble tea because they have like these little bubbles in them. And then if we're chewing while we're recording, yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> she's backing up to chew. It's fine. Anyway, so it's uh, originally from Taiwan, but they have it in China. They have it in other Asian countries. But you know, it's a rage. It's the rage right now in America. At least I think it's the rage because it's so good. <laughs> if you like tea, um, you know, the ones I we like are, there's like an original, which is just a black tea, and then it's iced, and then they put these like boba bubbles in them, which are tapioca mm-hmm. bubbles. So it's like a texture. Which are like drowning in brown sugar, basically. Yes. So it's mm-hmm. like they're sweet. Um, so yeah. So we've made it a journey. I don't, again, we were talking about this in the car, like when did we start this? Yeah, we were trying to remember when... We started it, and I can't remember. I feel like it was in India. Like, I feel like I came up one day, and I was like, have you had bubble tea? And I can't remember if you did or not, but then we decided to go. And yeah, now I had it in college, I think. Okay. So now, like, whenever we see each other, we pretty much always get always. bubble tea. <laughs> <And so laughs> but there- I never get bubble tea pretty much without you. And I know you do. I know you cheat on me. But, like, for me, I save it for our time together. <laughs> Guys, I remember one time I told her I went with someone, and she's like, how dare you? You went without me? And I'm like, I like bubble tea a lot. I'll have it, like, once a week, you know, if I can. So, yeah. So, anyways, we even talked about having a blog about rating all of the bubble tea places in Indiana. Because we've been to probably at least... Unless we travel outside of Indiana, you know. We, we could... got to start... Okay, okay. We got to okay. start with okay. one area. I'm ambitious, you know. Yeah, you're like, this is the whole country. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but we've become snobs. Like, yeah. we're not going to throw anyone under the bus right now, but there is one place in Indy, in Indianapolis, that is horrible. Well, it's in multiple places. It's in but... multiple places. It's actually a chain, mm-hmm. but guys, it's not good. Mm-mm. It was, we both took our first sip and we were like, ew. <laughs> like, we like the, you know, you can actually taste the tea. Like, you're like, oh, I can taste the jasmine green tea. I can yeah. taste the black tea. And then there's a little bit of sweet. But this was, like, fake. Like, so it artificial. Like, yeah. I don't even know what flavor I, I got. if they just use, like, if there's such, such thing as, like, a tea syrup or something. Like, it just, yeah, it just tasted very artificial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, today, well, we'll never go there again. <laughs> yeah. And it'll be a, a zero on our mm-hmm. list. But yeah, we thought about doing a blog of all the <laughs> rating bubble teas in Indiana together. Um, our favorite right now is in Bloomington, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Is that your still favorite? It is my favorite because my other favorite closed mm-hmm. in Indy. Mm-hmm. Was that one, did you like that one more than the Bloomington one? They're about the same. The same. Okay. I think Bloomington was uh, cheaper, so that's Mm. always a plus. Stephanie really cares that it's under $7. (laughs) I don't care. Like, yeah, I mean, $7 is outrageous. So if it's under $7, I'm like, oh, wow, that's a bargain for bubble tea. Like, somehow that's, like, a good price. Because I just think $7 is outrageous. I know. I agree. I agree. Um, But, yeah, so Bloomington, it's called... I always want to call it snow ice, but it's called zero degrees. Zero degrees. Because they sell this thing called snow ice. But anyway. So yeah. So if you guys need a recommendation, you're in Bloomington, Indiana, and you want to give bubble tea a try, go to zero degrees. Today we went to this one called... Good luck. (laughs) Tsca. It's T-S-A-O-C-H-A. C-A-A. Oh, C-A-A. Scoa. But they have a few of these in in Indy, Mm -hmm. the Indy area. We've been to one before. Yes. So we're like... I think it's safe to go. And it's mm-hmm. actually in the same location as the one we really, really liked. Yeah. My old favorite, Latia. Latia. That one was good. R.I.P. Latia. Everyone, moment of silence for Latia. <laughs> R.I.P. Anyway. <laughs> so we just wanted to bring you along the bubble tea journey. Um, I will, if, if Steph comes on the podcast again, we will give you updates on any new ones that we've tried, didn't like, like. Um, but the flavor we like right now is jasmine which is like a green tea. Um, I like taro, which most American people are like, what is taro? I don't know, but it's some sort of <laughs> fruit or vegetable. I think it's a root. A root. I think it's a root as well. Yeah, yeah. it's a root. Um, but it's a very subtle flavor um, that I like for some reason. Mm. And you like... I like the original, like the... 
I don't know. It's called something different in every shop. Yeah. Like original. Sometimes it's called red beans. Sometimes it's called black. Yeah. Black or like, tea. Um, and the jasmine. And I just don't like to branch out. Mm. <laughs> but you got me onto jasmine because I never really thought about jasmine before. Mm. And now I'm like, this is so good. If you like floral, you're going to like jasmine. So, yeah. So that's our bubble tea update. Um, hope you guys appreciate that. <laughs> People who are like, I don't even like bubble tea. You can just fast forward through this part. Um, you should say that at the beginning. I will. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll like re-edit it. Yep. <laughs> if you don't like bubble tea, please yep, skip just to, fast forward to five minutes exactly. and whatever. Yeah, so cool. Well, um, I just like people to like get to know our lives and like kind of feel like they know us a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now they know we have a bubble tea thing. Mm-hmm. They're going to remember that. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. So anyways, back to motherhood. Um, along with what you're saying about this being your main focus right now. Mm-hmm. I want to hear just kind of your thoughts about the word decrease. So earlier this year, so okay, again, there's so many things I could tell you about Steph, but earlier this year I did a podcast about goal setting and I need to give, that's probably the one that I mentioned you because Stephanie is the yes, one who I think you're right. introduced me to cultivate what mm-hmm. matters. Yep. Um, and so every year we kind of have this thing where we're like, what's going to be your word of the year? Mm-hmm. Or what are your goals? And so this year I was like thinking about choosing the word decrease um and instead I chose the word release which rhymes Mm -hmm. um but at that time you're like oh that word's so good and I feel like it kind of describes just your mindset now like we were in the car talking and you were saying something about how like I don't need to be like in the spotlight I don't Mm -hmm. need to be known Mm -hmm. by people and I think that's such a interesting thing for a tryhard Mm -hmm. to come to because I still struggle with that. I still kind of want to be the influencer. Mm-hmm. I want to be known. So, like, what has helped you to get there? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just what advice do you have to someone who isn't there right now? <laughs> <laughs> Let me start by saying it's not a bad thing to be in the spotlight, mm-hmm. right? Or to lead or to be influencing people, to be an influencer, to, you know, have a big showy, flashy role or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like... That's not a bad thing. I just don't feel like that's my current season, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. it'll be in a, a future season, mm-hmm. but um, that's just not where God has me right now. Just when I was throughout my childhood, specifically like in high school, mm-hmm. I was in lots of sports and band and I went to a really small school. So it's like, you know, you're in the top classes and, and all this stuff. So I felt like Honestly, what what God later revealed to me is that that time in my life was very much just like building an idol of myself, Mm. of like my image and my pride, Mm. you know, building up this image of myself through all my accomplishments and successes and what people thought of me and how they viewed me highly. And then it's so funny. I remember going to IU and it's, it's so actually embarrassing to admit, but I remember going to IU and I would meet people for the first time and I'm like, they, but they don't know who I am. Mm. And like, I'm like, I was worried about their first impression of me because Mm -hmm. I'm like, but that's not, that's not who I am. They don't know who I am. They don't know, like, essentially what I built myself up to be. And then even when I, when we went to Kenya after college, I remember thinking the same thing. I'm like, I'm like, what does this guy think of me? He doesn't know who I am. He doesn't know the real me. And what I was referring to was this person that I had essentially created throughout my first, like, 18 years of life. Wow. And... You know, I've just, I've learned a lot. (laughs) Um, I think that, you know, I think God showed that to me. um, And just the need to, you know, crush that. Mm. So, like, when I was in Kenya, um, I remember what God taught me was, like, I thought that I had to do big things for the Lord in order for Him to love me, in order Mm. for Him to... Um, approve of me in order to in order to follow him yeah like I I thought I had to you know I mean there's definitely you know there's sacrifice and there's mm. there's um, you know hard things that we go through and stuff but I thought I had to be this it sounds so lame but like super Christian mm. you know and I thought I basically had to be like more passionate than everybody else because everybody else is just being like lazy or something I don't mm. even know like I felt like I had to be do all these radical things in order for him to be approved of me yeah and I just learned that that's not the case and mm. that 
that he calls different people to different things in different parts of their life even and that you can serve the lord um like serving tacos in a downtown restaurant and you can also serve the lord as a missionary in kenya Mm. and that it's just about being obedient and surrendering your life to him and following where he leads and so i feel like the combination of those two things of realizing how much pride i had built up myself of this image and then also realizing i don't need to do all of these things i feel like the combination of those two things has led me to where i am today of feeling like it's a really good time for me to be in a hidden Mm. season yeah I feel like a really good book that I read about this, like it was a while back, but it was, um, I think it was by Alicia. Was it Anonymous? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I read that like a few years back. I read Mm -hmm. Anonymous a few years back and that was impactful, impactful for me as I started this more quiet, you know, anonymous season. Yeah. You know, Hmm. did I answer your question? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I have some follow-up questions with that. So, um, one thing you're saying about you felt like you had to do big things for God for Him to like be pleased with you. Mm-hmm. So, do you feel like you hear God's voice more clearly now than you did back when you were 18 or 21? Um, in that, like, now you know, like, oh. Me thinking I have to do big things for him is really just, like, my projection of God's voice. Like, I, that's what I think he would want. Mm -hmm. But now you're like, no, actually, that's not what he's saying to me. What he's saying to me is, like, it's okay to be hidden right now. And Mm -hmm. I want you to be a mom. And I want Mm -hmm. you to invest all your energy into your daughter. So, like, have you thought about that? Just, like, hearing the voice of God and feeling more confident in, like, (laughs) instead of you just putting that projection of what you think he would want on him. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I I haven't thought about it that way. Yeah. So it's interesting. But I definitely have learned throughout the years how I was projecting things onto God like that. Um, how I would like... I think we might have talked about this before. How I would like read the Bible and the way Jesus said things, or the way Jesus, or the way God says things in the Bible, or whatever. Like it always has like a certain tone of voice or yeah. whatever, and and it was like I would almost read it in like a passive aggressive way, mm-hmm. or I would read it in like an angry way or whatever. Wow. Um, and I remember realizing how I was doing that. You know, I think um, a big shift for that for me came just a few like a couple years ago when I decided I really wanted to learn about the love of God Mm -hmm. and just how that love is different than love from humans and loves I've experienced throughout my life yeah um and just realizing how (laughs) you know how patient he is with me Mm -hmm. and how gentle he is with me and how much he loves me right here and um how that doesn't change, you know, no matter what I do and how consistent that is and how secure I am and all of these things um, has, I think, taken away from what I used to project. Yeah. And so now I think I see God in a more accurate light, you know, and I'm still growing. Yeah. (laughs) And even just you saying this, like, the not great try hard part of me and my brain is like I recognize something about myself like I recognize you know I'm performing or I'm achieving and that's not what I want to be or what I want to do and the way I think to get out of it is just to try to not try which is ironic <laughs> like no that's it's just not how it works but that's like where my brain goes you know because that's what mm-hmm. I'm like used to or comfortable with but it sounds like what you're saying is the way you kind of moved through this is instead of trying harder you just tried not tried but you got to know God more. Mm-hmm. And as you are receiving that mm-hmm. love, again, it's right. it's like instead of yeah, trying, exactly. you're receiving. Yeah. And yeah. as you receive that love. Instead of, here, let me do it, let me pour out, maybe. Yeah. Like that is actually transforming you into someone who can give out of pure <laughs> purity <laughs> and grace instead mm-hmm. of, so, yeah. When, um, again, like you said, you were learning about the love of God like this past 
year. I think about two years. Two years. Two and a half, maybe. Yeah. So that's, like, pretty close to when you were pregnant. And then when you have mm-hmm. Sienna, which is interesting because now you're, like, a mother. So, like, has have you made any connections there of, like, as you're learning about the love of God, you're seeing him in a new way because you have a child and you are a child of God. Definitely. Um, and I think there's been a lot of little moments. Um, and I, I've shared some of those examples with you of just like, I can think of one littler moment, I suppose, where I think it was like about Sienna learning to walk. Mm-hmm. And I was so proud of her for, you know, trying to walk. And it was like, I, I didn't expect her to mm-hmm. be to be able to go run a marathon because that's just not where she's at, like developmentally and just what she's experienced. Like, I, I expect her to be right where she is, you know, and I'm not surprised that she's right where she is. And I don't have any pressure on her to be any oh. further along than she already is, Yeah, you know, and I don't want her to stay stay a baby right like what's best for her is that she learns how to walk like I want her to grow yeah because she can't just like not walk her whole life like that wouldn't be what's best for her right so I want her to continue to grow but I also expect her to be right where she's at I don't have any pressure you know and then I'm also just so proud of the way she is growing and the way she is learning you know so that like is just you know another great reminder of you know the way that God views us. I feel like that's accurate. He understands why we're exactly where we're at yeah. and why we're there. Right. And he doesn't want us to stay back where we were. Yeah. Um, and he's also so proud of us when we um, grow. Yeah. So that was just a small example. Um, but I feel like the biggest thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently is um, that I'm actually currently pregnant with um our second child and um so you know like it's been a different experience the second time around because I feel like now I can comprehend what it's like to have your own child Mm -hmm. as before the first time I was pregnant it was like I I couldn't possibly imagine what it was like to have a child and the love that I would feel towards that child and now it's like I see my little buddy running around like I love her you know and, and and I just have this like fierce fierce mother love for her um and so it's like with with this baby that I'm growing right now like it's almost like I already have that because I can imagine having another child and what that would be like I don't know if that makes sense but it's just been a little bit of a different experience and you know the first trimester comes with lots of discomfort and you know just stuff and just kind of my mantra I would say or maybe it's like my phrase and I don't know if it's gonna last this whole pregnancy or what but like the phrase I've been telling to myself is I would do anything for this baby mm-hmm. it's like I'm gonna get emotional again like I would do <laughs> I'm pregnant it's so emotional but like I would do anything to give this baby life yeah you know and like wow like I truly would and like you know that's the way I feel about Sienna and like that's the way I feel about this baby it's like it doesn't matter how much discomfort I go through or whatever like as long as I keep telling myself that like it's it's very very true in my heart and so wow I just I tell myself that and it really um it gets me through but then um it's been interesting to take that phrase I would do anything (laughs) to give this child life and to take that and to attribute that sort of love and more with God yeah you know, and it's it's a it's a beautiful thing to think about how he would do anything for us. He would do anything to give us life. And he did. And he did it willingly. You know, like I do it willingly for this child. I brought this child into the world and it's not begrudgingly and it's not, oh, I have to do this because it's like, no, like I want to like wow. I want to do anything because I love this child so much mm-hmm. and I would just do anything for them. And that's what yeah. Jesus did, you know, so that's been like a really huge thing that's been on my mind recently and and even and it's even going further than that of like I want to have that sort of love for my husband wow where I would do anything I love him so much I would do anything for him like I don't I don't feel that I expect him to also like serve me back you know like (laughs) what if what if I just focus on I love him so much I do anything what if it was like that for strangers I love that 
strangers so much. I do anything. Wow. And most importantly, like to God, like what if I could honestly say that I love God so much, I would do anything for mm. you. Like I, I can't honestly say that, mm. you know? And so I've just been thinking about, I've been thinking about all of that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It makes me emotional too, Steph. Yeah. Um, does that help you in those moments where you're feeling shame or you're struggling to believe God's love that you can like remember like if if I feel this about Sienna if I feel this about this beautiful new baby God <laughs> his love must be so much more mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's not feeling that shame he's not feeling that disappointment mm-hmm. like yeah that that's so cool mm-hmm. um, and it's really cool that God allows us to experience things to learn them mm-hmm. like you are walking through motherhood and you're learning these things it's not like you just read a book Mm -hmm. and you're like okay it wouldn't hit the same right now i know god's Mm -hmm. love it's like no you have to like walk with him you Mm -hmm. have to go through life with him and he will reveal these things to you and yeah in different ways for different people and different times and all that stuff exactly this is just what he's shown me you know the last but everyone's gonna learn different things yeah and that shows his intricate care for each of his children yeah it's true Ah, it's so so beautiful (laughs) so we just talked about you saying (laughs) i would do anything yes you talked about how you do anything um but then earlier you talked about um with sienna walking and like expectations Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you accept her where she is but you Mm -hmm. also want her to grow because Mm -hmm. that will be best for her Mm -hmm. this has been the challenge of my life and i think as tryhards we get so fixated on growth Mm -hmm. growth 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 at least i do (laughs) and we need to lean a little bit heavier on the accepting Mm -hmm. where we are accepting where other people are just because we're probably never going to get to the place where we're complacent Mm -hmm. (laughs) if anything it's just gonna help balance it out so for people out there who are like us, who struggle with accepting where they are in life, in their journey, how would you encourage them to to get to a place where they can have acceptance and also believe that there will be growth through that acceptance? I feel like a reason why we might get, or why some people, us included, might get focused on growth is because maybe we feel like God is disappointed with us where we're at or displeased with us or where we're at or it's not good enough where we're at and so we need to do better yeah and I feel like one thing that helps me is reminding myself that God's not surprised by where I'm at like he he's like of course you're there Mm. like he's not expecting me to be farther along than I am and I Mm. think I just now have come to the point where I just view him as the most empathetic person because he is he knows everything Mm -hmm. he sees everything like he knows everything we've ever experienced Mm -hmm. he knows every conversation we've ever had with anybody every feeling we've ever had and he can put all the puzzle pieces together and he's like i feel like for him it's like it makes sense why you are where you are yeah even if you are stuck in chains you know like not physically but like emotionally spiritually even if you're in like enslaved to something or you're in chains you know like it makes sense to him that you're there yeah and he doesn't want you there it doesn't like like he, he wants more for you you know he wants the best for you he wants you to be freed from that but he's not surprised mm. or he's not disappointed or ashamed of you like it he can see how you got there because mm. he sees your whole life and you didn't get there just for no reason like there was a reason why you ended up there yeah. so i just i think viewing him as being that understanding wow is i think what helps me to see that he's he's empathetic he's not he's not critical and judgmental mm. and i i thought of him like that for a long time and i mm. think that's what really you know made me strive yeah. right and made me try harder 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 but like just viewing him as it makes sense to him, he gets it, and he just like he just wants more for me, yeah. you know. And it's not mm. he's not mad at me for that, you mm. know. So that that's what helps me. Yeah, at least. that makes a lot of sense. And thinking about parenting, how you're saying God is not critical. Mm-hmm. 
I, one thing I'm trying to learn is like, how does God discipline his children without being critical? Mm-hmm. So like thinking, and again, Sienna's really young, so mm-hmm. it'll probably be different in years. Probably. But like, how do you say truth to Sienna? Like, you can't touch the stove mm-hmm. because you're going to burn without it being critical. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about that at all? Yes, because she is, you know, she's toddler age. And so I do feel like she's... <laughs> I guess. It's hard to know. Alan and I are always talking about my husband, and I are always talking about, do you think she's sinned yet? Like, <laughs> we're, like, trying to figure out at what age, like, does that first choice happen when you choose? And it's hard to know because you don't know her level of understanding and her heart and all that stuff. Right. We talk about it a lot, just for fun. But Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an example of something I would have disciplined her for um I mean let's just say like running into the street Mm -hmm. we're learning right now like street safety Mm. so I'm teaching her to look both ways I'm teaching her to hold my hand before we go out in the street and if there's a car coming we you know we come back or whatever because she likes to play in the street in the rocks (laughs) (laughs) I know it's very dangerous but um like so I suppose like if she were to run out in the street it's very serious, yeah. right? And I'm going to be very serious. And I'm going to, you know, my tone is going to be very urgent, you know, about stop, come, you know, I'm going to go grab her hand, you know, whatever. But she's learning, mm-hmm. right? She's learning. And that's what discipline is. Discipline means teaching, mm-hmm. like just like disciple, mm-hmm. someone who is learning. Yeah. You know, discipline is is teaching someone. Yeah. Um, wow. And so that's what it is. It's just, it's not a critical thing. It's just you're her teacher and you're teaching her how to be safe. Yes. Or how to be a human in this world or how to respect people. Yeah. Um, so I think just extending a lot of empathy and patience. Yeah. And just understanding where she's at, that she's really, really little. And at least that's where we are right now. So I don't know. I don't know about older kids or teenagers, but that's where we are right now. Yeah. And it's beautiful that as you understand where she's at, then that's how she will grow the best. Mm -hmm. You know, like instead of being like, because I never thought about discipline and teaching, to be honest. Really? I never put that Mm -hmm. together. Maybe that's just like in the parenting books I've read. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's like... Yeah, it's all about teaching. And people think discipline means punishment. Yeah. But it doesn't It doesn't mean punishment. Yeah. Yeah. And that shows so much care from mm-hmm. the, the person disciplining. Mm-hmm. It's like, if they're taking the time to actually teach, mm-hmm. that means they love the, mm-hmm. the person. Right. They know? want better for them. I don't want her to run in the street. I want her to know not to run into the street. Right. right. And be able to do it without you even being there. Right. Because that's what's best for her. Because right. I don't want her to get run over. Yeah. Yeah. So then when we look at, like, Jesus in the Bible, and sometimes he says some, like, very direct things, especially mm-hmm. to people who are, like, just don't get it, mm-hmm. you know? And I I believe he chose to be more direct with some people mm-hmm. because they were so stuck in their head mm-hmm. and stuck in pride. Um, that's a good point. Like, people need different deliveries, and yeah, that's true. Right. And a little one-and-a-half-year-old, like... She's not stuck in pride. She just is like, I don't know what I'm... I'm new to life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm she's new to this She's just curious earth. and she's just, yeah, just taking it all in. Yeah. You're a great mom. Oh. You really are. And I'm glad... Thank you. I'm glad I don't have kids, if you guys didn't know that. So I'm like just learning so much from you. You've always like just, I feel like, gone before our friend group. <laughs> you were the first to get yeah. married, the first to have kids and... So, yeah. So thanks for being my friend and sharing your life with me. Um, <laughs> the good, the bad, the, mm-hmm. the struggles, you know. Because um, it's going to help me when I, if and when I get there, mm-hmm. you know. So the last thing I want to talk about is kind of a segue. But another thing that we've bonded over is our love of Stephanie Gretzinger Aww, and Amanda Cook. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if you guys don't know, um, Stephanie Gretzinger is a singer. She's connected to Bethel Music, or was. Now she's doing her own thing. But <laughs> So in college, I didn't have a car. Stephanie did have a car. It's this be- blue, what was it? 
What kind of it car was, was it? It was a Dodge Avenger. A blue Dodge Avenger. And whenever I would ask Stephanie for a ride, I'd get in the car. And she'd always have Stephanie Gretzinger playing. Yep. Usually, like, decently loud, so it was, like, saturating the car. <laughs> and I would call the car the Peace Mobile. Yes. Because <laughs> it just... It was peaceful, yep. you know, and mm-hmm. um, so that's how I was introduced to Stephanie Gretzinger. I love that, like, I love, this is a side note, yeah. I love that, like, I was, I that I was able to create that sort, not that I created it, I mean, Stephanie Gretzinger created it, but, like, to have that, I mean, it's important to me to have, like, a safe space, you know, so for it to be the peace mobile, <laughs> like, that is such a compliment. <laughs> yep. And probably the fact that it was blue, too. I don't know. Yeah. You're, like, a blue person to me. Like, oh, thanks. It's my favorite color. Yeah. I think of blue when I... Well, I think of When you, you think of sad. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't think of blue as sad for some reason. I yeah, I don't gray, either. But, like, yeah, you same. just remind me of blue. Um, <laughs> that's such a random thing, but... <laughs> Thank you. People, in my mind, I think of colors when I think of people sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we had the Peace Mobile, and I remember the day you got rid of that car, and I was so sad, because mm-hmm. there were so many good conversations in that car and just hearing Stephanie Gretzinger's songs um, and worshiping it was like wow really really great so yeah so that's when you introduced me to Stephanie Gretzinger Um, if you guys haven't heard of her you should go look up her music right now because you'll love it Um, but what's funny is Stephanie Gretzinger has a friend who's Mm -hmm. also a singer named Amanda Cook Mm -hmm. and Amanda also has albums Mm -hmm. um and the funny thing to me is that Stephanie Gretzinger is named Stephanie, mm-hmm. and Amanda Cook used to be Amanda Lindsay Cook. It's like her middle name, right? It's her middle name, yeah. yeah. But now she just more. So you're like her, her, and I'm like Stephanie. Exactly, <laughs> I know. Because they would sing together a lot, like they were both in Bethel, so they were kind. They're kind of like, yeah, yeah. They're kind of together in my mind, right? And they're, I think they're just really good friends, or they mm-hmm. have been really good friends. Um, so I just wanted to see if you wanted to share like one of your favorite songs or albums. From Stephanie Gretzinger. Ooh, interesting. And why? Ooh. Oh, my favorite album is Forever Amen. Ooh. Okay. Were you not expecting that? I wasn't. Wow. I was expecting the first one, Out of Hiding. Really? Is it yeah. Out of Hiding? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great one, too. Mm-hmm. I love Forever Amen. Mm. Um, I listen to that all day, every day. Mm. And my favorite song in that album is... No one ever cared for me like Jesus. I knew you were going to do that. That's my favorite, too. Yes. And I also love... I love another one, but I forget what it's called. Um, I love The Center of All History. Oh, okay. I don't know. I love the words to that one. It reminds me of a hymn, and I think the words are just really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Why do you like No One Ever Cared for Me Like Jesus? Oh... <laughs> Because, oh, I don't know. I can't even describe it. I think it kind of goes along with the theme of even what I'm talking about. Like, what Mm. my heart is kind of, like, Mm. passionate about right now of... Now I'm going to have to sing the song. But, like, no, no, I'm not going to sing it. But, like, you know, if if my heart could tell a story, if my life would sing a song, if I have a testimony, if I have anything at all, like... Like, just about my life being this testimony. Let my children tell their children. Mm. Let this be their memory. Yes. You know, of just, like, I want that to be my legacy for my children. My children's children of just, like, that I love Jesus, you know, and that I did my best to, like, show them that. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. It's just beautiful. I sing that to my little girl while I brush her hair when she gets out of the bathtub. So it's kind of my little habit there. Yes. I love that so much. Do you have a favorite song? From Stephanie? Mm -hmm. Let me think. Or a favorite album. What's your favorite album? I think my favorite is actually Blackout. Really? Which is the second one. Mm -hmm. Um, I always love the first one Mm because that's the one we listen to a lot in that car. Yeah. Um, So good. But I like Blackout. Because it's, even the sound is different. I feel yep. like it's more intense mm-hmm. and less acoustic. Yeah, it's more upbeat. Yeah. Upbeat, yeah. And I feel the passion and, like, the words through the actual sound of the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this one. Um, I think it's called This Is The Sound. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is the sound of the beginning. This is the song of the redeemed. It was the rhythm of our dancing that 
woke them from their sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just is a great image for me of like, well, I love to dance. Yeah. So like just hearing that um, lyric is like just thinking about when I'm dancing in, you know, with God or like worshiping in dance. Like how is that affecting people's salvation, I guess? Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of a weird connection. But and thinking about heaven, like people, I'm imagining heaven is like there's dance parties in heaven <laughs> and like so much celebration. And so yeah. like how are how are people celebrating in heaven when someone becomes a Christian, when mm-hmm. someone encounters the love of God? Yeah. So I think that's... bringing heaven to earth and we can dance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like up and down. Yeah. So, um, but I also wanted to say my favorite Amanda Lindsay Cook album. Mm. I think my favorite is House on a Hill, okay. um, which is so funny because I remember when I first heard it, I didn't love it. And I don't know really? why. Like, obviously, her voice is amazing. So I thought her voice was good, but I wasn't connected with it. Yeah. And then when I went through a very hard season, I went for a hike mm-hmm. and I was wearing these boots and it was super muddy. Mm-hmm. And I came back to my house and I had to like clean the mud out of the boots. And I started playing the album for some reason. I just put it in the background. Yeah. And I'm like cleaning the boots and I really just wanted to do just like one swipe and all the dirt to be gone. Mm. But that wasn't gonna actually make it clean. Right. So then I start like getting into the crevices and I'm like, this is so hard. Like this is so time consuming. And something about the song that was on that album, because that album is a lot about like her going through a hard season and like actually processing pain and like coming out of the other side. Mm-hmm. And I was felt like God was saying to me like, this is what you're doing. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not a clean sweep. It's not one and done. You don't yeah. just, like, snap of your fingers and you're... Right. Instant gratification sort of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is a process, and it's like cleaning the dirt out of the crevices of your boot. <laughs> so that was, like, the moment I started listening to that, the album differently. That's such a good story. Yeah. But I also really love... Um, I love all of her albums, but the one that's um, State of the Union... Mm-hmm. which is, like, the really colorful album. Mm-hmm. She has a song called Edens mm-hmm. on it that I really like as well. So do you have a Amanda Cook favorite? Not really. You know, I've listened to her stuff, but I I don't really just, like, listen to them on repeat, mm-hmm. you know, like I do with Stephanie Gretzinger. So I feel like she's been more your favorite than my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I do love Stephanie Gretzinger, but I think mm-hmm. she's also more of your favorite than- <laughs> Wow. Okay, well, to end it off, um, I'd like you to just share, um, if you're talking to 21-year-old Stephanie, gosh, what would you say to her? Hmm. 21-year-old Stephanie? Or just freshly out of college, you know, you're about to go to Africa. What would you want her to know? That's a good question because I feel like there's a lot I wish I knew back then, right? But the thing is, is everything that I know now, the Lord has faithfully taught me when I needed it. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's like, I wouldn't change that because he took care of me. He provided me, he provided for me exactly when I needed, and he grew me exactly when I needed it yeah. you know so it's like I wouldn't there's so many things that I could tell her or you know whatever but I guess I would just say like just to abide mm. and that like he like will be faithful wow. to you and will be with you yeah. you know and then like essentially he's given me everything I need and he'll do that for anybody who abides in him and humbly wants him and wants to grow Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like like we talked about earlier like that's how like carefully he Mm. it's so beautiful it's how he carefully um just like sustains and takes care of each one of us like it's it's in his right timing you know so I guess just to abide yeah (laughs) that's so wise of you to recognize that like it's not like you could go back in time and be like, well, just learn all these things and you'll be good. Yeah. Like, actually, you will learn these things mm-hmm. in the time. So just stay close to the Father. Yeah. Continue to run to Him. Mm-hmm. And you'll you'll learn as you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and He'll give you exactly what you need <laughs> when you need it. I feel like something that's been on my head a lot is, in my head a lot, is just like that He 
he provides you everything you need for a season. Like mm-hmm. I think I, I think about sometimes seasons that other people are in mm-hmm. and I might be afraid of that. I'm mm-hmm. afraid of this happening. Mm-hmm. And what he's told me is, I will provide for you everything you need in the season that you're in, but I'm not going to provide for you in someone mm. else's season. He's not going to provide me what I need in this season that I'm afraid of happening mm. because I'm not in it, you right. know? And so just like just like knowing he will provide in whatever season that I'm in has been a very comforting thought for me. And when I look back through my life, it's true, mm. right? Like it's true. So, <laughs> Wow. It's not just words. It's you've mm-hmm. lived it. You've experienced yeah. it. In the moments where you thought, I don't think he's given me everything I need. And then, then it comes through, yeah. you know, whatever it is, peace, joy, a physical, mm-hmm. a relationship, yeah. a friendship. So, yeah. Well, thanks for being here, Steph. Thanks for having me. Thanks for sharing so your fun. heart. Good. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. And yeah, this was great. Yes. So. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Grace for the Try Hard podcast. I hope you feel encouraged, empowered, challenged, and that you know that you are so loved by God. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening, as well as rate and leave a review. Talk to you soon.